We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to a special crossover edition of Field of 68 podcast here. Top dogs and blue blood on the main line. My name is Rob Dosh. If you're listening to this on the Villanova podcast feed, I host our UConn podcast, and I'm here with Curtis Sumter, who uh, Villanova, I'm going to call you a legend, man. I'm going to throw it out there. I, know, I, don't, I don't know if you're comfortable with the legend tag, but I'm going to throw it out there. He hosts our Villanova podcast. It's called Blue Blood on the main line. He played there. He played for Jay Wright. So, Kurt, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, thanks hey, again. No, for thank you for having me on your show. This is your show. <laughs> yeah, th- th- thanks. I'm just, you know, it's our first show together. So, uh, you know, I'm just great to, to, to be hosting the show. Great to be um, a part of this whole Field of 68 thing you and Jeff have. It's just an amazing ride. And uh, I, I can't, you know, wait to continue to grow with you guys. But I'm glad to be on the show. I'm glad to be hosting the show, but I'm also uh, a little uncomfortable be called a legend um in that regard i just feel like we're just all one 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 unit you know how the villanova family thinks yeah that's the most villanova answer i've ever heard to any question that anybody's ever said <laughs> it's like they, they just drill that into you guys huh yeah that's what i say you know how the villanova family thinks with a wink <laughs> all right let's talk about villanova a little bit i want to i want to start off there because i think that that is a that conversation is a lot more interesting than i think the uconn one everyone knows what uconn's doing right now um Villanova obviously did not have the greatest start to the season um they lost I think it was five out of six at one point four in a row 
Um, a lot of that was due to missing pieces, right? Cam Whitmore only came back, I believe it was four or five games ago now. Justin Moore still not healthy. Obviously, the changeover, Kyle Neptune taking over for Jay. Uh, but you won five in a row. You smacked around St. John's a little bit last night. It uh, looks like Villanova's starting to figure some things out here, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, like, like you mentioned, we just weren't whole in the beginning to start the season. We're still not whole now. We had guys who were asked to do things that they weren't asked to do before. So they had to get their reps in, you know, in game game like situations. And it showed in the beginning. Um, but at the same time, you want those guys to get those reps because towards the end of the season, they'll have those, they'll have those moments under their belt. And when you need them in those times, they'll be able to deliver. We knew Cam was going to be coming back off of injury. We knew Justin um, will be coming back soon. But we just needed to just have guys, again, just take those reps and get comfortable being in those situations. And we knew over time we'll get our rhythm. And uh, you you see it. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been telling people that um, once we get to about mid-January, early February, when Justin gets back, if you can give me a five of Justin Moore, Cam Whitmore, Caleb Daniels, Brandon Slater, and Eric Dixon, like that – that's as good as as anybody in the conference. That's as good as maybe like 10 teams in all of college basketball this year, assuming those guys come back healthy. Um, what is, what's what been the key to the, this resurgence? Is it just Cam Whitmore getting back on the floor? I think a little bit is uh, Cam. Um, let's not, you know, uh, disregard what he brings to that team. Uh, you instantly see – his athleticism, tenacity on the glass, attacking the basket, uh, also knocking down a shot. Um, so let's, you know, he he's definitely been been great addition, you know, insertion to the team. But I think you see more of the comfortable, you know, guys getting comfortable with a freshman class, like Mark, housing those guys, like those guys getting those early reps as freshmen and making some big time shots, um, going through it, making the turnovers and mistakes. That's really really been you know big for us um eric's a junior uh he's been through it he knows how to do it but getting those guys in the rhythm has definitely helped our team uh we know what chris is going to bring uh every night um as well i mean caitlin actually caleb too caleb's been asked to do something more handle the ball more and be the lead guard you know to to start which which was difficult for him i might say difficult for him but new to him and he's you know gotten better game to game. So we knew once everyone gets their rhythm and gets comfortable, we were going to be fine because the foundation still remains the same. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've maintained that I think it's impossible to know what Kyle is as a coach at this point, right? And I think that he was almost thrown into an impossible situation. I don't know if there was a better teacher of the game than than Coach Wright. And you look, you played for him. You know this better than I do. But I, I think that with the way that you guys run offense, you don't. Run, there's not a lot of set plays, right? You're not sitting there scheming this out, saying we're going to run this double sca- staggered here. We're going to have these three options here, right? You ba- he basically teaches you how to be a basketball player. Part of that's why it took a couple years for um, some guys to come in and, and really learn to thrive, right? It's why uh, the development in that system and in that program is so good. But asking Kyle to come in 
and immediately replace one of the best teachers that we've ever seen in college basketball when you're missing the guy that could end up being a lottery pick and the guy that was going to be your best player and probably your best ball handler and Justin like that is that is an impossible situation to ask a new coach that has literally one year of head coaching experience to walk into I I do not envy the situation that Kyle walked into no I mean that's everything you say is absolutely true but uh Kyle is a Villanova guy and like you said, Coach Wright is one of the best teachers. And one of the things he teaches you is that regardless of what situation is there, have a positive mindset, positive attitude, and, and just go at it with your all. So you're not even worrying about what people are saying, the difficult situation. Like, you're just blocking that out. You have straight blinders on. And that's how Kyle's approach is. And we, we, we understand that, you know, from, from the brotherhood, and it's just like, all right, attitude, next play. All right, we're, we're down a man. We were down two man. Okay, we got this impossible situation. Like, well, it doesn't matter. We were still going to do things the way we do things. Uh, but but Kyle has handled everything the way I think, you know, Coach Wright would be handling the situation, to, to be honest with you. Um, you just have to manage it. I mean, these are the, 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 the facts. You know, we were young. We have uh, a major ball handler that's out. We have um, an incoming freshman who's great talent, who's who's out. And we have young freshman guards um, handling the ball. You know, key. so it's it was tough. But at the end of the day, if Coach Travis is in this situation, as we get guys back, as guys get healthy, we're gonna we're gonna continue to uh, take off. I believe. Yeah, that's the one benefit, right, is is the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee will always sit there and be like, yeah, they didn't have these guys for these losses, and you got to keep that in mind. And um, as long as you find a way to kind of figure it out down the stretch. What do you think of Mark Armstrong? I think um, he's as as physically gifted as any guard that we've seen kind of come through. Like, he's he's different than what Ryan and and uh, and even Jalen and, and what Colin were, right, in terms of what his physical ability is. So what – what have you seen out of him that you've liked? What have you seen out of him that you think he needs to improve on? Because I think he's the guy that can take this from being like a really good team, not just this year, like long term, to being a great program. And or, I'm sorry, great program, a great team again. First of all, he, I, in my opinion, I think he's the most athletic point guard Villanova's ever had that I can think of or know. Like just point guard, mm-hmm. point guard under Coach Wright, maybe before Coach Wright, just as far as like point guard athleticism, I think it's it's superior to, to none. I uh, think it's just him being comfortable, uh, playing through mistakes, not worrying about, am I going to be in the game, out of the game, just understand, like, okay, you're going to be playing. So just go out there and just, you know, play your game within our style. Uh, once you, again, play within our style, but just, you know, let your athleticism and just, just take over. And I think with him, as he continues to just uh, lock in on defense, and I think in transition, push the ball and attack the basket, like just put pressure on the paint. I think if he lives in that world, uh, we will be hard to guard because guys will be filling in, and then we'll see that the three-point shots start to you know fall. I think now we just, the way our offense is, we don't have those guys getting to the rim to, to get those good kickouts that we normally would have. Uh, in previous years with all the ball handlers. So Mark is just phenomenal in the open court, which I know he can be dynamic. I think he'll just change the whole style of the team. 
Yeah, because so much of what you guys want to do, and, and look, correct me if any of this is incorrect, because you know, again, you know it better than I do. But from watching it, watching Villanova basketball, so much of what you want to do is uh, get into the teeth of defense that first time, right? Get a paint touch, whether it's off a post up, whether it's off a ball screen, whether it's off dribble penetration, draw that help defender, kick it out, create a closeout, get to the lane again, same thing, draw a second defender kick it out, create a closeout, and find a way where you can either get a drive to the bucket or you get an open three for a jump shot. That's that's pretty much what the, the kind of the system is, right? And then when you don't have that first guy to create that first action to kind of set off the, the chain of events, that to me, that's kind of where you guys struggled early in the season, right? You couldn't get that first paint touch. You couldn't get that first guy going by the defender just because, like, Mark was a freshman, Caleb is not necessarily that that initiator. You didn't have Justin, um, uh, Eric Dixon. I love him, but if if you're running offense through him in the post, like I, I don't know if he you want him to be your main guy necessarily. So figuring that kind of stuff out, guys in new roles, like it was, it took a little while. Definitely took a while, and and you mentioned it, you know Caleb was our lead guard uh, to, to to start it and an aggressive guy, but. Caleb is, is he ascends playing off of others. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, the issue, all our point guards um have been told to be extremely aggressive. You know, that's how Coach Wright wanted to guard, at least uh, yeah, for, for a long time. So if guard, if you if you have that opportunity, you're going to attack the basket. If you're not going to attack the basket every time to to draw, like you said, it, it makes things a little bit harder because you can't just post up or drive and post up because then the defense can get set and play you better. So um, once we've, you know, got Mark to, to get a little bit better at that, as you can see uh, from last night's game, he got to the paint and was aggressive a lot, which drew it in the defense and we were able to get some, some shots. Yeah. I think that last night really to me said a lot, right. That, St. John's is kind of, I mean, we 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 saw even when you had Colin at the point, was it 2021 when uh, St. John's beat Villanova by 20 or something like that in their building? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- with the way that they can guard, um, they're a difficult matchup for anyone. And I kind of circled that game. And I was like, we don't know if they like point guard question marks at Villanova going up against Posh Alexander. That's that's tough, man. I mean, look, you're you're from New York. You know how those New York kids operate, and and they got a bunch of those guys. In the backcourt, and I mean, you're down ten. What, what are you thinking when St. John's is up by ten um, in the fin? What are you thinking in that moment? Let's tell you right. So I, I felt like um, I, I immediately, you know, started hearing Coach Wright's voice and you know previous scouting reports and things of that of teams we played who you know would try to play that way, but then it, it didn't last long, and I realized why teams never played us that way. Even when I was playing, they never pressed us because it was it was detrimental to, to, to their offense. And again, it was just guys on our end getting more comfortable against the press because in order to beat that press, you just have to attack it. And it's not about trying to run offense doing that press because that's where they want you to do and that's where they excel and you get steals. So it was just the guys just attacking it, kicking the head and attacking the basket. And before you know it, the St. John's guys were deflated because their defense never got settled really to, to get back and, and, and trap and get to, we were just moving that thing a little bit once guys got settled. And then um, we were able to just to eliminate what they were trying to do. 
Yeah. What do you think of uh of Kyle's suit game at this point? He's up there, man. Look, I no one, I don't know if anyone's ever gonna uh gonna touch Jay Wright when it comes to the the sideline fashion, but if it's gonna be anybody, it might be Kyle Neptune. I mean, he's from he's from Brooklyn. I'm not I'm not there's no We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's, that's, that's enough said. He's, he's from Brooklyn. I don't expect anything less, you know. Uh, I mean, the, Coach Wright, I mean, he left Philly and spent a lot of time in New York. So I'm sure some of that New York, you know, sprinkled on him too. But uh, I don't expect anything less from, from a New York guy, Brooklyn guy, like Cal, you know, cut from the same club. What do you uh, – how, how do you think Jay's been doing? Have you seen any of his games on CBS, any of the stuff that he's done on TV? I think he's doing pretty I well. Have, I have. He's doing pretty well. Um, a couple of times at the beginning, I caught him saying we, which made me feel good, but I know he's probably going to say that. But uh, it was it was different, though. The first time I heard him, I was like, oof, this is weird. This is weird. You know, I felt like I was in one of those film sessions. At the same time, I was like, you know, this is where, he, where he's at, you know. And, um, you know, it looked different seeing him in a CBS sports coat. That was kind of a... Uh, Unique, you know, um, but he's happy. Uh, his wife's happy. And uh, that's that's good. I mean, he can sit back now and see what he's he's built, you know, like, it's, you know, you put your kids through through school and, and, and through life. And now you can sit back and, you know, watch them, you know, manage their own family. So I guess that's where he's at right now. He's you know, built can, for, he's built for TV like he just. The way that he can kind of interact and the 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 way that he doesn't really take things too serious. Like he can have fun. He can joke around. He can laugh about stuff. And like so I'll just turn it back to you, Con, right? We had a legend, Jim Calhoun, try to go into TV. No one could understand what he was saying. Like you got that Boston accent came out, and once he gets riled yeah. up, he gets excited. It's kind of like, wait, what, what is that? Are you speaking yeah, is this, yeah. is this English? What, what what's happening here? Jay doesn't have no. that. <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, I used to always say, um, even when Coach Wright first uh, started recruiting me, um, you know, all the coaches at that time, top-level coaches, were a little older, and they presented themselves all the way. Coach Wright presented himself um, the same way he presents himself now. I mean, he wasn't coming around in suits or anything like that, but you could you could see him in his nice casual wear, you know, some some, some denim or just, just like – I was like, I feel like he something. He's like a politician. I'm like he can't be a coach. Like something just about him is is different. But at the time he was at Hofstra, 
there was no way going to hospital, but he was creating those relationships like you spoke about. And then once he got the Villanova job, I just, uh, I wanted to just kind of, you know, talk to him more a little bit and see what he was about because I was like, this dude is different than than all the other uh, coaches. But um, yeah, he's just, he's just his own guy, man. Mm. I almost was a Husky, just so you know, almost was a Husky. Yeah, it would have been you would you would have fit in real well there. Um, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about just kind of what happened in, in UConn's last game, right? So they were uh, they get Georgetown at home. It's the last game before Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving before Christmas break, right? Uh, Georgetown hasn't beaten a high major opponent the last twenty seven times that they've played a high major opponent. Obviously, oh. this has not been uh, a great uh, end to the uh, well. I don't want to say end, but it has not been a great last couple of years for Patrick Ewing at his alma mater. Um, so yes. UConn started out the season 12 and 0. They hadn't beat anybody by less than double figures. They cover the spread in every single game that they had played so far this season. There's a reason why they were number one on Kempom, number two uh in, in the AP poll, and why they are one of three undefeated teams left in America. And when Georgetown came in, I think that you kind of saw the impact of what happens when UConn's not entirely locked in and the effort isn't what you need it to be, right? Um, it's you, you read your press clippings a little bit. You want to get home and see your family for Christmas. You're just like, all right, we get through this game and then we can go see everybody and we can celebrate and, and we don't have to worry about anything for a couple days. You get those couple days off. I think that we saw that impact on UConn right there. And the thing about them is Kurt, I, I've, I've explained this to the people that listen to this podcast. What the reason why UConn is, is really good right now is because they are elite, probably the best in the country, the things that you're able to control. The effort that they play with, which leads to great a, a great defensive team. Like you're going to be really impressed when you see these guys. They guard their rotations are on point. They hedge hard every single ball screen, and the guy like the the weak side tagger, like they, they just move and sink every single time, every Old single possession. Ball, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. and and they're tough defensively. They're gonna they're gonna get after you. They got a kid named Andre Jackson who is probably the best athlete and for my money the best defender in all of college basketball. They're elite on the I offensive like glass. They're mm-hmm. elite on the defensive glass. Like they they're just they do all of those things that you can control. All of those things that effort and intensity and willpower allow you to be great at. And and for the first about 30 minutes it wasn't there against Georgetown, right? If you can get George uh, if you can get UConn to play a half court game where you have to rely on playmaking, where you have to rely on guys breaking people down on the dribble, where you have to rely on Adamo Sonogo post. I love them. Post touches eight feet from the basket are not the most efficient way to score uh, in, in the modern game. If you can get UConn to play a half court game, not let them get on the offensive glass. They didn't get an offensive rebound for the first 32 minutes of that game. Right. And if you can get them to play that way, you can beat them because that's not, that's not the kind of team that that coach Hurley has built. It's they're not super skilled offensively, right? They're great at running their stuff. They're great at running their sets, but they're they're going to win through through uh, through defense, through getting on the glass, through living in transition, and through the effort plays and energy and and the the confidence that comes from playing that right way. Right? I mean, you could speak to this, Kurt. Right? When you when you get a couple stops in a row. And all of a sudden, the crowd's behind you a little bit. All of a sudden, you're getting out in transition. All of a sudden, you're getting catch-and-shoot open threes. Like, those shots go in a little bit easier once you're playing well sure. as opposed to, mm-hmm. like, you can get an open look mm-hmm. and you guys aren't getting anything going. You haven't scored in a couple minutes. It's a little bit tougher to shoot that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that basket is 
Well, I think it's I think the basket uh, the rim is what ten inches wide, thirteen inches wide, something like that. Uh, it's like it's like twenty feet wide. You know, when when the team is is rolling like that. Um, so I totally totally get it. Uh, and like you said, like UConn is a team that's not built, like you said, for the half court. They're going to use their their athleticism to get out there and rebound. They've always been a team like that, essentially. Um, they've always, I feel like, just had more bigs than everybody and could just dominate, like you said, the the, the glass. But I think if, if Villanova or whoever they play just maybe, like you said, put a little pressure on them. I didn't see the Georgetown game, but if Georgetown probably pressed them a little bit just to kind of maybe take the time off the clock, maybe not so much of an aggressive press because they do have athletes that probably, you know, helped them a little bit to their advantage and making them play some half court offense. And then was able to, you know, get on the glass. Cause I know Georgetown usually uh, have some size usually as well. So it was able to probably uh, match them uh, on the boards a little bit. Yeah. They, that was the big thing, right? They, they were able to keep them off the, uh, the offensive glass. So UConn was, they missed a couple shots, but they, there was no second chance points. And so what kept yeah. them afloat, as weird as it sounds, uh, they were lucky. They made nine of 16 threes in the first half, and they were lucky to be up by seven. It, it sounds weird saying that with Georgetown coming in. That's kind of kind of what it was. So um, this matchup with Villanova, I think, is going to be fascinating because uh, I think that Villanova actually is one of the teams that has, like, the length and athleticism along, along the wings to be able to match up with UConn's size. And then Dixon is just like – there's he might I, I, he's listed at what six eight I don't know if I buy that he's like he's like six six and a half maybe but like that six, dude, he's like six seven yeah that, six six and eight three quarters yeah my my man has Christmas hams for calves he's got he's <laughs> he's never he, he hasn't missed a leg day since he was four years old and what he could just exactly. kind of like wedge you out right like you can't post him up you can't get position on him. That he's the strongest dude when it comes to leverage. I don't know if there's a dude that has more leverage in America than Eric Dixon. He just knows how to like wedge you out and not let you get to your spot. I agree. I mean, he shout out to to uh to Shaq Fit, um, John Shackleton, the strength and conditioning coach at Villanova. But when Eric came there, Eric was still a big dude, you know, but he's toned that up into muscles now. Like he you walk around like he's still that big guy, but you see muscles, you see pecs, you see cuts and you know uh and he went from being a big he's, dude, he's a hard guy a big to dude but he's got the bicep vein right like that's the difference. bicep game and and now his confidence is, is coming with his game you know and he, he's he's a tough guy to to post up so you know uh, uh a more lengthier um slimmer guy quicker guy might have an advantage you know playing a face-up game against him but against UConn I think that's a like I said, matchup you guys don't want as far as post-ups for, for, for Sunoku, but at the same time, Eric can, can match some of that. You know, but on vice versa, it might, you know, uh, your guy has the, the length to, you know, as well as play Eric. So it's going to be a fun back-and-forth game. We'll see uh, who who plays well in that, that matchup, but I'm looking forward to seeing them both guys play. Yeah, I, so I, I think that the... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. There's, there's going to be two really interesting things to me here um, in terms of this matchup, right? So UConn, defensively, one of their mantras is don't let people shoot threes, right? They're third nationally in uh, the percentage of field goal attempts that are two-pointers. Almost 75% of an opponent's uh, field goal attempts come from inside the arc, and compare that to Villanova this season, almost 50% of their field goal attempts have been three-pointers. So one of the the core tenets of Villanova's offense is we're going to shoot threes, right? One of the core tenets of UConn's defense is we're not going to let you get threes off. So that that battle is going to be fascinating to me. And the other one is going to be, can can Villanova avoid like the pick six turnovers? You know what I mean? Like, can they avoid uh, a pass to a wing that gets jumped and Andre Jackson goes and gets a layup at the other end? Can they avoid... Um, someone getting their pocket picked and they go and you get a layup at the other end. Those are the, those are the things that kind of get UConn going. So the, to me, those are the two really, really interesting matchups. And the biggest thing, and you can attest to this, man, when a ball goes in the basket, right. And you got to go take it out of bounds and inbound it. It's so much more difficult to get in transition than if you get a miss and you kind of get all of a sudden, boom, there's a two on one, boom, there's mm-hmm. a three on two, boom, you got a lob coming in, boom, you got a dunk, boom, you got a wide open three. All of a sudden, this team's got energy, this team's got momentum, shots got start going in, it gets a little bit tougher to score on them. You got that XL Center crowd, sixteen thousand people yelling at you. Um, it, it's that; those are the things you got to avoid, I think, in this game. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Villanova's definitely going to have to use that pressure uh, the same way they use the pressure against St. John's, against UConn. If they want to jump those passer lanes, those are um, perfect opportunities to get back doors. With, with the way we run offense anyway, we kind of, you know, play off read and react situations, uh, leave a spot, fill a spot. So, I mean, it would probably be a lot more one-on-one if UConn is going to be that aggressive. Uh, but guys just have to play aggressive. And and I think if they keep teams to play aggressive, uh, we will have good opportunities. It might be, you know, one of those low scoring old school Big East games where, you know, it's both teams living at the free throw line, both teams, guys are in foul trouble. You can see it being like one of those uh, games because I know Villanova is not going to back down defensively. Mm-hmm. And when you got two teams who are um, defensive minded like that, uh, it's, you might have, you know, one of those games where it might be high and fast. Yeah, I think Villanova's going to want this game to be played in like the low 60s, right? Yeah, if this game gets up around like 75, you've ever seen 40 points and a half, that plays right into UConn's hands. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Anything, I want it to be uh, a 56, 60 win or something like that. I mean, for me personally, but that's right where it needs to be. Um, strategy, it has to be a chess match. This team in the last couple years, even when they weren't in the Big East, played us well. It's like this team was the even when we were dominating, it was like this team and the way Coach Hurley prepares them and how his style. It is one of those those tests. Like it reminds me of the old school. Um, I feel like when we used to play like Pittsburgh. You know, like I felt like when we played Pittsburgh, even more than when we played UConn, I felt like it was just we was able to still get our offense and kind of do what we, you know, a little bit with UConn. But Pittsburgh was like, listen, this game is going to be a fight, fight, you know. And I just feel like this, these two teams are going to probably bring back that 
you know, these two programs are going to start to bring back that old Biggie's feel. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of back, man. I can't even tell you. I'm excited. Who, who was on the pit teams that you played against? Was that like uh, like Brandon Knight and LeVance Fields? Wow. Uh, like those teams? Chris Tapps? My, my first, my freshman year was, was Brandon Knight, Josh Page, Brown, Lett. Sophomore year was Paul Prowser, uh, Chevron Troutman, um, <laughs> and those guys. Then it was, you know, I think I don't think I played. I, I didn't get. I played against Levance Field my fifth year, yeah, because I was there. But Levance Field was from my neighborhood back home in Brooklyn. Like I, me, Levance and I, we played on uh, summer league basketball in Brownsville. You know, like that's still my my guy. And um, so it was. But those were the the pit teams, you know, like they were tough New York City guards, Crip Taff, who you knew, you know, it was not going to be be an easy, easy match. So, um, yeah, shout out to the old pit, Pittsburgh squad, too, the Vance Phil. Those teams, they always had they always had point guards that were like 5'10", 5'11", that looked kind of like like Levance Fields kind of like a bowling ball right like he didn't look like the most athletic dude he wasn't going to dunk on you uh but they just carl krauser same way they just found a way to get into the lane and find a way to finish around the bucket even if there's like six foot ten guys all around him right that's kind of they hey look that's what a new york city guard is right just find a way to get in the lane there's no way you should be as quick as you are right now you're getting by people it's the floaters that go over the top of the backboard right yeah oh my god like that is a new york city Guard, um, like you said, said it yourself, and uh, that's that's why they were as good as they 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 were. I mean, they could get in the lane, and they they were the engines to their teams. I mean, Pittsburgh was essentially like Villanova was headed by their point guard. Their point guard, their point guard was always the the lead guy, you know, and the toughest guy on the team, uh basketball wise and probably physically, you know, and Levance, shout out Levance Phil, I've known, like I said, I've known him my whole entire life. Levance has always been that size. Since he was like five years old, <laughs> you would see this kid walk around and say, You're gonna be something. And he excelled at everything, whether baseball, basketball, football. Levance is a beast, you know, like literally, he's a bulldog. He should have been and, a uh, running back, man. Can just yeah, just imagine he, him as like your uh your second down running back, right? Even in the summer league this summer, Levan's still running guys. Dude, he still got it. So he still got game. Still got game. Because you know, he doesn't <laughs> have to change, man. What's it? What's got to change, right? You're still never going to be able to take the ball off him. He's still going to be able to body. Still him. got game. Yeah. Still yeah, got that flow game. game's not going away, man. That flow game's not going oh away. God. Listen, Kurt, nope. this was fun, man. I always enjoy talking to you. I always enjoy catching up. Uh, I am going to, with the exception of uh, of what is it? Uh, Wednesday that they play, with the exception of yeah, Wednesday. 28th. Yeah, 28th the 28th. The 28th. I'm going to be a big Villanova fan this season because I think, one, uh, getting them, having them good is just good for the Big East and good for college basketball in general. And, two, with the, the Big East can't – we can't have, like, three tournament teams from this conference, man. We need Villanova to make a run. We need Villanova to figure it out. We need Creighton to figure it out. And if those two teams figure it out, I think that Marquette and Xavier – are good enough to be in the tournament. And I still think Providence is going to find a way to get into the dance. Six teams from the Big East. I think it can happen. So I need Villanova to put this thing together. Yeah, I think I think it happens, man. I think it happens. Um, just you know, you can uh we'll start that winning streak after Wednesday, though. Right? Sure. <laughs> this this year, like you said, like this year, the Big East is gonna be very, very tough. Uh but 
we're, we're used to having six, seven teams in a tournament. This year might be different, but I think other than just other than UConn, who seems to be having rolling right now, the other teams will, will figure it out. Um, oh, and St. John's, matter of fact, we, let's not forget St. John's is doing pretty well. If they can continue that, it would be good too, I think, for, for college basketball to see St. John's in the tournament as well. Um, but I think those teams that you mentioned, uh, Villanova, Creighton, um, and, and those guys, and maybe Providence can can get it going. It'll still keep villain. I mean, it'll still keep the Big East as one of the top conferences in America. Yeah, Bryce Hopkins, twenty nine and twenty three the other night, which is uh, per my sources, that's pretty good. Do you ever have a twenty nine and twenty three game at any level? No, I've never had. I said it to myself the other day. I don't know why we were, I was in the discussion, but I. I've never had a 20-point – I mean, 20-rebound game. I had 19 before in uh, high school, but it never broke the 20-rebound, the, the uh, which I'm like, damn, that would be kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Kurt, this was fun. Blue Blood on the main line, Top Dogs, Field of 68, crossover episode. Uh, we're going to we're gonna be enemies until, uh, until Thursday morning. Thursday morning we'll make up, but until then, it's, you know, uh, it's not going to be much Christmas spirit here, Kurt. Sure, for sure. Definitely. I'm going to make sure I give you a call and I'll make sure I'm going to be sympathetic to you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Thanks, Rob, man. I appreciate it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.